thank you this morning for your giving and your faithfulness into the kingdom of God. Uh, we want to encourage you. Um, remain faithful. Uh, continue to do what is necessary, do what is right uh, for the kingdom of God and uh, be a blessing in his house uh, in all that you can this morning. We are appreciative and we're glad you're with us online. Thank you, uh, worship team. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness in leading us this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of 2 Kings, uh, chapter 4 this morning, the book of 2 Kings. Thank you, Isaac. Um, 2 Kings, chapter 4 this morning. Praise God. Amen. And so, um, if, there's, if there is one thing that has become very evident during this pandemic, and if there's one thing that this pandemic has successfully done to our bare eyes, uh, this pandemic has indeed uh, emptied out many places that were in fact filled in the past. Uh, you go to malls today and malls are empty. Uh, you go to streets at certain hours of the day and the streets are empty. Schools and buildings where students were at one time filled and packed out the place has now become empty. Airports, most airports today have somehow become empty. Not many flights and not many airplanes are taking off and landing uh, in airports. It has emptied out many of these places and you can probably attribute or rather uh, 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 pinpoint a, an, a, a location or an area that you are familiar with that has indeed become empty. But indeed what this emptiness has done is has, it has caused a shift of the crowd and where the crowd has gone to today is that hospitals have become populated. And I want to preach to you this morning a sermon I've called The Flow. Out of 2 Kings chapter 4, I want to speak to you concerning emptiness for a few moments. The void of emptiness is a void that many people are trying to fill. In a season such as this, with all that is transpiring and all that is happening around us, much of which goes beyond our control. There's uncertainty in the air. There's inconsistency that has emptied out the lives of many. And as we look at 2 Kings chapter 4, let's read the story of Elisha and the widow whose jar of oil had become one last jar and eventually surrounding her were jars that were empty. And I want to preach to you a sermon I've called The Flow. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. The creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in the house? She said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. 
Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Father, I come this morning before you, Lord. I ask that you would speak to our hearts and you would minister to our lives, God. I am trusting you, God, for dominion this morning. God, give me the clarity of mind as I preach your word. and Open the hearts of your people as they receive your word. I thank you for this day and this time that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's Elisha. And Elisha looks upon a widow. A widow who had just become a widow. And she lost her husband. The Bible says she is in debt. And to add salt to the wound, the creditors are about to come and they're about to take her children away. And all she is left with in this passage is a jar of oil. The odds are against her. The season that she has gone through, she's lost her husband. She's in debt. And the creditors are about to come and take her children away. This season, the thing that she's facing and going through now, has caused her to be left with one jar of oil, and that is all she's left with. The odds are against her. This is all she has. To live, to go on with life, to be able to finish raising her children up, dealing with all that is to go, be, uh, to go on behind the scenes, here's a woman with a jar of oil. That's all she's left with. A man once said, you can't understand someone until you've walked a mile in their shoes. The circumstances of life has left her with the last jar of oil. This represents her desperate situation. This represents her state of helplessness. This represents a situation where she understands it is beyond my control and in all unexpectedness, little did she expect her husband to die, little did she expect her husband to leave her with a debt behind. And now all she has is a jar of oil. And can you imagine, she's, she's looking at this jar of oil and filled with her on the inside, filled up in her mind is this thought, how am I going to survive this? How is this going to play out? How am I going to be able to make it through and pull through another 
month or even another day my children and and all that's going on beloved and here she the bible says in verses one she cried out to elisha she was consciously aware of what she had left and as we always say desperate times calls for desperate measures for many we can relate to that story right here this year has been nothing but a lead up to the last jar of oil that's sitting on our table this year has been nothing but an emptying out of everything that we've ever had the jar of oil tells the story that you really don't have anything much to carry on with you are running on empty and this can represent beloved this last jar of oil can represent the glimpse of hope that you see in your marriage it can represent maybe a slight glimpse of hope that is in your bank account maybe that's all the strength you have left with you maybe that's all the energy that you have in you maybe that's all that you have and and all that is happening around you your relationship with god looks like this last jar of oil maybe the last jar of oil is parenting you look at it and you say that's all i have left maybe the last jar of oil is work and the uncertainty there it brings the worry the fear the anxiety that grips you being consciously aware of the reality you're not hiding from the you know we live in a very fake generation we are surrounded with people who are filled with so much of pretension who pretend like everything is okay who pretend like they know it all who pretend like they've got life down to a T I despise people like that because you can never build genuine real relationship with them how is everything oh great great very good love very good and then behind your back I can tell you beloved if you are consciously aware many would testify that this is the reality of our situation today and i ask you a question today what is emptying you out what jar in your life is on empty or which circumstances seems like the last jar that you have you see the principle of flowing enables us to be replenished and refilled the Dead Sea as most of us know the story we are familiar that the Dead Sea gets its name from we, we know that it, it gets its name because there are no creatures that can live in the hyper salty water in fact it's one of the most saltiest bodies of water on earth with almost 10 times more salt than ordinary sea water and this is because water flows into the dead sea from one main tributary the river jordan it then has no way to get out of the lake so it's forced 
to evaporate. And here we find a reality that goes against the virtue and the principle of flowing because the water cannot flow, because there cannot be a, a, a flowing that happens in the water or, or rather in the, in the Dead Sea. Uh, this causes the water to only be forced to evaporate. Can I say this morning, our lives and God creates, created us to be able to flow and in everything we do, there must be an involvement of flowing. Here's Elisha. He presents to this woman and he calls on this woman and says to her, Go and borrow vessels. So he goes, he tells this woman to go and borrow vessels. This woman obeys the voice of the man of God. She follows his instructions. And as she does this, can I say to you, now it seems even more depressing because how many know that when you look at this high stool right now, you have more empty vessels than a filled one. And this is what life is capable of doing to us of emphasizing the things that are not working out, of emphasizing the things that are not happening for you, of emphasizing the failures that are not playing in your favor. And when you look at life, you are telling yourself, you know, look at me, you know, this is a failure in my life. This is not working out for me. I'm, you know, my job is not working out. My marriage is not working out. My school and my education is not working out. And we become so caught up with all that is not working out that we miss that there's a jar that is still filled. And her perspective can do two things. It can either depress her or it can embrace her. She can be consumed with all the empty jars that surrounded her or she can be consumed with the reality that God can do a miracle with this one jar. Two men looked out from prison bars. One saw the mud, the other saw the stars. There's a lesson in that statement. Two men looked out from the prison bars. One man saw the mud, the other saw stars. Two men look at the same jars that are set before them. One looks at the empty one, while the other looks at the one that's filled. And that's a choice everyone has to make. That's a decision that we have to make. The lesson we can draw from here, beloved, illustrates the areas of our lives that may seem more emptier than full. We look at the empty vessels. We feel dissatisfied with life. Discouragement sets in. It seems like our lives are not making impact as much as we wanted to. We look at life, we feel insignificant. We feel inadequate. The empty jars now seems that our failures are emphasized. Look at my life, nothing seems to be working out. Let me ask you, does parenting look like this to you now? 
Does you raising your children now with all that's going on in this pandemic look like this empty vessel, look like this jar that's empty? My children will just not listen. They are not, you know, uh, going in the di- right direction. Or maybe this looks like your work jar. Nothing seems to be happening. No deals. It's empty. It's quiet. And it's affecting you internally. Maybe this looks like your marriage. Then Elisha does something very unusual. He calls this woman, this widow, and he instructs her to pour the oil that she has into the jar and the vessels that were empty. Listen carefully to me. This is what we call the principle of flowing. That as long as she poured it out, the empty vessels were getting filled. She followed instructions from the man of God. And this is obviously not my purpose of preaching this sermon. I, I for one, I'm not you know, here to tell you that uh, I have complete control over anyone's life. But I will tell you, there's great importance when a word comes from a man of God. And when you begin to act on that word, I have been a pastor long enough to tell you, beloved, that when people take advice, God protects them. God vindicates them even when the advice doesn't make sense. Bring vessels. What are you talking about? But you see the generation, I'm, I'm speaking to Pastor Allen yesterday. Here we are in the 21st century. You know, in the 20th, the 19th century, people ran to pastors. Pastor, what should I do? How should I respond? How should I? Should I take this job? Should I take? But today, beloved... As a pastor, I'll tell you the truth, I hardly get a call a day. Because people have become so self-reliant. Google is there. So the 21st century pastor, to be very honest, is rarely needed. But I'll tell you, the principle of God's word never changes. A man or a woman who listens to the man of God will remain blessed. He said, shut the door. He said, pour it into those vessels. And then he said, set aside the full ones. Put it aside. This term, set aside, is to symbolically say that the empty vessels is substituted each time. Hence, when the oil will continue pouring, when as she poured the oil into this, she will replace this and bring the next one in and the oil will fill it. And then she will move this and she will bring the next one and the oil will continue to flow. But as long as she doesn't move this vessel, the oil will not continue to flow. It will stop because there are no more vessels. And that's what we will talk about in a moment. But her ability right here to take advice... Her ability to follow instruction, her ability to respect and to honor and to adhere to what she heard enabled her to see God do a miracle. The contrast is true. If she refused to listen, the vessels would have remained empty. 
If she argued, this is not sensible. This is all I have left. What's wrong with you? Are you out of your mind? This is all I have left. I can't be leaving that job to be in the house of God. I can't be setting that aside to be worshipping God. I can't be pouring out the last bit that I have. I can't. But if she did that, she would have remained empty. You know, my wife was making a statement yesterday. She said, if you look at one of our sisters, she sings on the worship, Venos. From last year until today, she has not missed one service. Three services a week, faithful. And as we were going to bed last night, she made the statement, did you see how much she has grown? Can I tell you something, beloved? This is not, you know, we don't need a brain scientist to figure this out. When God comes first, everything falls in place. That's all there is to it. And we are looking at her life, it's not like it's, not filled with empty. There are things she had had a, her daughter who was sick for a while, Nika. And then later on, you know, as she was healed, God began to do a miracle. God filled her up, did a miracle. And then later there was another issue with schooling. There was nothing that happened, you know, no finances, no reason. And God filled that up again. You heard a testimony. And you know, it's just been ongoing because somewhere God honors when a person obeys Him. God caused the oil to flow. You, you realize, this is, this is supernatural. And through that flowing, continual pouring, she just kept pouring. She just kept pouring. She just kept coming to church. She just kept being faithful. She just kept doing right. She just kept honoring God. And God just gave her another verse. And God kept filling. And God kept filling. And God kept... Because that is the God factor. God never stopped it. Because when a man or a woman honors God... See, life is not meant to remain stagnant. Life is not meant to stay stagnant. Stagnation brings death. Life must flow, beloved. There must be a flow. We must remain active in continuity. As a believer, this means we are consciously, actively continuing to pursue the things of God in material of how life looks, in material of how empty the jars are, in material of how many things seems to be a failure or seems to be unappealing or how many things in life that doesn't seem to be working out. It is your duty and my duty to keep pouring and to keep pouring and to keep pouring and not to stop pouring philippians chapter 2 17 yes and if i am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith i am glad and rejoice with you all to step back to retreat to slow down simply leads to a place you can be pouring your life out and say you know what Enough, 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 you know, because th that's all I have left. And to hold back and to step back is to simply say to God, God, you know what? 
I don't trust you enough. I'm afraid, God. I'm afraid of what will happen because the oil seems to be depleting. You see, the principle sounds so counterintuitive, isn't it? How can you pour and God refill? It doesn't make sense. If I use this, this bottle right here and I poured it out, it will empty the entire bottle. And what is in here will go into here. And that's just logic. That's just reality. But what God is showing us here is that He defies all of that. That God who is the miracle working God and He reveals to us that God will continually refill. God will continue to refuel as long as we are actively flowing in the things of God. It is unexplainable. How does God continually refill us discreetly? Explain to me the five loaves and the two fish. Explain to me Luke 6.38, give and it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and put in, uh, He will put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. It is God's nature this morning to supernaturally refill and refuel those whose lives are constantly flowing for Him without stopping. The principle of the kingdom is simple. Listen carefully to me. The more you pour, the more you get filled. Amen. That's the principle. Explain it to me in bare logic. It is unexplainable. It is those who pour their life out. It is those who choose to keep doing what is right. It is those who say, you know what, even though this is all I have, I'm going to pour it all out as much as I can for God. I'm going to keep allowing it to flow. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop reading. I'm not going to stop fasting. I'm not going to stop being in church. I'm not going to stop being faithful. I am going to keep flowing and pouring. And your life may seem to be that very vessel that is all that is left but can i tell you your greatest bet to recovery and refuel is that you pour it out for jesus the more i give the more i give my time to god's kingdom the more time i seem to have for my family the more time i seem to have for things that are around me. Explain that to me. How is it that you can be in church three times a week? How is it that you can be in morning prayer? And how is it that you can accomplish so much? Because there's a God in heaven. When you pour, He just keeps filling back from the top. The unseen strength of God, the unseen flow of God. Give and it will come back to you. Explain the five loaves and the two fishes. The more I give to God, the more I seem to have to in my perusal. John Bunyan in Pilgrim's Progress made this profound statement. He said, a man there was, they called him mad, the more he gave, the more he had. 
Galatians 6, 7 through 9, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Do not weary in sowing. Because God will cause you to keep reaping. Proverbs 11.25, just look at this passage. The generous soul will be made rich. He who waters will also be watered himself. Explain that. Explain that. See, the flow will only stop when there are no more vessels. That's what we find in our passage. When you drive a vehicle and on your dashboard you have a gauge and when the tank is empty, you're going to have to stop at a petrol station to get a refuel. The petrol station represents the source. And once the tank is filled, what happens? The nozzle that you had put into the tank snaps and it stops filling. But if you just continued pressing and you... I, I've heard of people doing this. You know, they just move the car for, and then they bring another and then they keep refilling it. And they kept doing... And, 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 and you know, they would, they would keep filling the tank and then they'll refill and they'll... As long as there are tanks and vessels to be filled, the nozzle will keep filling it up. That's a picture of the God we serve. As long as you are willing to empty yourself out for God, God will keep filling you up. How does it happen, Pastor? It's the God factor. It's supernatural. It goes beyond... The human ability to process how God allows this to happen. But we find that in our passage, the oil stopped flowing. The moment all the jars had been filled, and when believers are continually praying, when believers are continually worshipping, when believers are continually reading, when believers are continually fellowshipping, you don't need a self-help encouragement from a WhatsApp group to lift you up. You just need to be forwardly looking towards Jesus. And I'll tell you, beloved, when you are sincerely praying, you can go to bed at night, wake up in the morning, and all of a sudden you feel re-energized and re-strengthened. How does God do that? Here you are, you're spending time with God and you're pouring your heart out, you're crying out to Him. You are tired, you are worn out, but you are running to God and all of a sudden as you go to bed at night and you wake up the next day, something shifts and something happens. Because there's a God in heaven who fills you up when you're empty. And when that flow is running, it keeps us going. In blessing, we are blessed. One just has to take, the look, uh, take a look at nature to understand this principle. Listen to this. God made everything to give. 
God made the sun, it gives. God made the moon, it gives. God made the stars, they give. God made the air, it gives. God made the clouds, they give. God made the earth, it gives. God made the sea, it gives. God made the trees, they give. God made the flowers, they give. God made the fowls, they give. God made the bees, they give. God made the plants, they give. And God made men. But men often don't want to give. Everything that God creates, He created for it to give. That's a principle. If you keep flowing, God will keep filling. But the moment you stop, you take a step back, God will say, no, you know what? I'll fill someone else up. See, in flowing, life gets refueled. It is in flowing that life gets replenished. In the human mind, when you pour, it depletes. But in God's kingdom, when you pour, it increases. We cannot explain, as I said earlier, the five loaves and the two fish. We cannot explain, as I said earlier, Paul, who is being poured out as a drink offering. We cannot explain as well, give and it shall come back to you. We cannot explain that as we tithe and as we do right, the Bible says, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out onto you a blessing. We cannot explain that. But one thing we know for sure, as you continue to flow, as you continue to do right, as you continue to obey as you continue to walk in his ways beloved that is where the very thing that's going to lift you up encourage you strengthen you equip you you don't have to be bound by feeling depressed or oppressed yes there are moments for that but the the, but the solution is not saying you know i'm going to take a step back i need the rest the solution is saying you know what that's a call that i need to do for god what he's called me to do We cannot explain circumstances in our lives. It hasn't changed. We look at life, the vessels are still empty. The job, the bank account, family, marriage, But even with those empty jars, how is it that we can still be encouraged? Because our encouragement doesn't come from jars that are filled. Our encouragement comes from God. We take God's refueling and replenishing for granted. Every day that God gives you, strength to wake up and we don't thank him for it because it's often unseen or better yet we use the strength God gives us for things that seem to be a vapor in his sight worth nothing and I declare to you this morning, if you will continue to pour yourself out for God, God will preserve you 
and He will sustain you. The story that we read started off with her lacking, but the story ends with her being so filled. Why? Because here's a woman who listened and kept pouring. And God said, that's who I'm looking for. That's the one I will fill up. That's the person I will fill up. Because instead of taking a step back, oh, my husband died. Oh, I'm in debt. Instead of using their resources for the world, they say, God, I want to spend more time with you in prayer. I want to spend more time with you reading the Word. I want to spend more time drawing closer to you, God. And in doing so, God, you fill me up, God. You fill me up. I want to avail myself, God. And I close, beloved. John chapter 4, verses 10, as we conclude this morning. Jesus answered and said to the woman, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And what does Jesus say? That when he fills you up, there's nothing else you need to be running towards because Jesus is enough for us. So I'm asking you this morning in closing, your life may look like this. Maybe it's your job, maybe it's family, maybe it's marriage, maybe it's ministry. And you look at it and you say, you know, what can I do with this? And God would say to you, with all that you have left, pull yourself out for my glory. And if you do that this morning, I can assure you, you'll be encouraged. You will find unseen strength. The answer is not stepping back. The answer is stepping up. I want you to bow your heads with me.